Hello, everybody. Welcome to Optional Opinion. I'm your host, Eddie V. Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a super special guest, two special guests actually on the show today. They are a brand new podcast. And if you guys heard me last week with my plugs, you should know what I'm talking about. If not, go and check them out on SoundCloud or at, you know, hit them up on Twitter. Everybody from X to Jump podcast, please welcome J.R. Oliver and Ryder Sweat. Hi, guys. How's it going? How's it going, man? It's going Thanks for having great. Us. Thank you. Uh, if you guys know that I was on their podcast a few weeks ago, so do check out that episode. In fact, check out all the episodes that these guys dropped. They are amazing. They're PlayStation Sony focused. So you guys really should listen to them. They got some great discussions and topics. Really good to hear. But I want to ask you guys, uh, can you give us some of your background history in gaming? Uh, JR. Let us know. How's your what was your gaming history like? Uh I started back in the late eighties on the Atari twenty six hundred. Um my dad was always kind of a tech geek, so he bought the newest and latest thing. And uh he bought it a twenty six hundred, brought it home, played the classics on there. Uh I don't really remember much of it. I just kinda remember the controller and I remember the wood finish. Yeah. Of console. Um, and then from there, I got a Sega Genesis, I think for Christmas. And that's really when it took off. It came with Altered Beast and Super Thunderblade. And that was kind of, that was kind of what hooked me. I got, um, oh, I don't even know, probably a hundred Genesis games oh, from when I was a kid. My, uh, jealous. Real time. Some, some, some owners of, uh, some pawn shops. So he would get stuff for cheap. We'd go to Babbage's every once in a while, trade games in, get new games. Uh And then from there, stayed on the Sega bandwagon through the Dreamcast. Um, And then my dad felt really burned by that. I was probably 14 or 15. And then we went to PlayStation 1 and then 2 and then 3 and then the 4. So pretty much went from Atari because that's all there was to Sega, and then when that burned out, made the jump to Sony. I've always really appreciated, much like yourself, the more Japanese-flavored uh, experiences. I felt like that's where a lot of the innovation in games came from, was from Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really appreciated that that style. So Sonic is what hooked me. And that's If I'm being honest, I played Sonic 1 and 2 hundreds of times. So... <sighs> Streets of Rage yeah. 2 was my was my third one. I did the same with you with Sonic 1 and 2, but Streets of Rage 2, I played that almost every day. <laughs> like, I could play that. Oh, on yeah. Any, dude, I could play that on any level. And I think besides, like, the last hard difficulty, that's the only time I had to use one continue throughout that whole game. Other than that, I could breeze throughout that whole game without using the continue. Those are hard games. Those are hard games. Streets of Rage and Golden Axe were... Uh, and, I mean, people didn't like Altered Beast. That's fine. I'm, I've, I enjoyed it a lot. But Golden Axe and Streets of Rage, especially Streets of Rage 2 and 3. And I would say Golden Axe 1 and 3. I didn't like Golden Axe 2. A lot of people liked that game. I didn't really you didn't know, click with me. 2 was fine. Things. I think 2 was fine. It's just, it just didn't get no marketing and nobody was, like, really talking about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's possible. I didn't play 2 until, like, the collections much much later yeah but i really like golden x one played that a hundred times 
Was Chronicles of Mystara the Dungeons and Dragons? Was that on Sega? You wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Did you ever play Dungeons and Dragons Chronicles of Mystara? That the one That's by like a side the Capcom one. Yeah. Yeah. That did that came on PlayStation 2 on the uh Capcom All-Stars. Okay. Right. So the, was that just an arcade game? Yeah, it was just an arcade game. It never came to console. Okay. There was a beat 'em up one for Super Nintendo, but it wasn't Dungeons and Dragons. It was like uh um so the Knights of the Round Table. Um Oh, okay. I it, think I played that in arcade too. Yeah, I played it. Yeah, I played a lot of arcade games. Writers know anything about that? Nope. There used to be one of names that we would go to all the time: Virtua Fighter, Virtua Cop, and that was the other thing I liked Sega for was all their arcade cabinets were just on another level. Yeah. Your Virtua Cop? No. Do you know what that is? No. I just love your lack of knowledge. Is it like a time crisis? Yeah. Yeah. It okay. Like a time crisis. Yeah. So cover based. So, Ryder, um, can you give us some of your gaming history? Okay, so late 90s, we had a Super Nintendo, a Nintendo 64, and the PlayStation 1. Um, Loved them all. Uh, Played a lot of Super Mario World on the Super Nintendo. Uh, We had a couple more games, but that was pretty much the main one that we played. Um, Nintendo 64... Uh, we played a lot of Conker's Bad Fur Day. When I say we, I mean like my brothers and I. And, you know, like 007 and obviously the Zelda games. Uh, those were pretty great. Um, PlayStation 1 was pretty awesome. Abe's Odyssey. Yeah, Abe's Odyssey. Fucking love that game to this day. <laughs> I, I, uh, even though I was, I was always that? puzzled with that game, with Abe's Odyssey. I was puzzled. I, I could never figure that game out. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Because <laughs> I think that was more of an adventure game, and or like a puzzle adventure game. And I couldn't, and I wasn't yeah. into that genre yet. Like I haven't been taught in that genre. Right. It's super difficult. That's my thing. Is when you said that, I was like, I had a PlayStation One in '99, 2000, somewhere yeah. in there, and like. I couldn't beat it as a 15 year old for you to to be playing at like age eight. Right. I didn't, I didn't get very far, but just like the, the creepy setting. Oh, and the characters was really cool. The graphical fidelity was incredible. That was the thing going from, uh, I mean, I really liked my Saturn, but that was still like pixel arty. Yeah. Whereas Abe's Odyssey just looked, it was, I, I, I remember looking at that and being like, how did they, how did they do this? Right. Crazy. Yeah. So like, uh, I used to watch my my dad play back when he used to play games. Uh, he doesn't play them anymore because he really fucking gets into them. So <laughs> he would take off like a week's worth of work to try and beat Abe's Odyssey. And really? Abe's Exodus. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. It was insane. Uh, also played like a lot of fighting games with my brothers. I'm not really so much into them now. Um, you know, they're just – they don't really – Which one did you play? We're talking about. I know, and I don't, it was some obscure remember. fighting game I'd never heard of. Right on, on well, PlayStation One. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Toshinden, bloody, uh, bloody war. There was a Square Enix, Square Soft one. Uh, to, to buy if or something like that. Uh, Toby if or something like that. Um, there was Street Fighter. What's out. the Dreamcast? Soul Calibur. There's a game on Dreamcast. 
Soul Calibur. What's the prequel to Soul Calibur? That's Soul Edge. Soul Edge. Yes. That's what he played. I was like, that's an obscure ass fighting right. game. Yeah. Well, they had it at the store up in town. Oh, is that and why? And then um, we ended up buying it from him. Yeah, I've never never played Soul Edge. It's crazy. Well, because yeah. it was so at the we arc- like that one. yeah, because it was at the arcade, and then when it came to PlayStation One, it was still Soul Edge. And then, so for some unknown reason, and I got to research this, the sequel came out as Soul Calibur. They changed the when it came to Dreamcast, they changed the whole name. So that so that PlayStation One with Soul Edge is the only time that they had the Soul Edge name. Yeah, I, I completely forgot that that was even. Right. I, did, I didn't even know it was a PS One game. Yeah. I assumed it started with Soul Calibur. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I mean, my whole life I thought it was a Soul Calibur game. See, and that's what you're saying. You're like, I played Soul Calibur on PS1. I'm like, no, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't. That didn't exist. So, it, it, so arcade, like, uh, arcade was Soul Edge. PS1 was Soul Edge. When it came to Dreamcast, they changed it to Soul Calibur. And then mm. when Soul Calibur 2 came out and they put it on all three platforms, that's when they stuck with the name of Soul Calibur. Mm. Interesting. So, so was yeah. after you played PS2? Yeah, I uh we got a PS2 and um I got Sly Cooper and my older my oldest brother got Kingdom Hearts. I even though that game was kind of a little bit difficult for me. Yeah, the camera controls are yeah, not great. I mean, it's got all these Disney characters and stuff and like so you'd think like someone in third grade would love it. <laughs> yeah. But it just became difficult. So like Sly Cooper and Jack and Daxter. Yeah. Yeah. Were definitely my games for uh the ps2 um as years went on eventually my ps2 broke because i borrowed bully from a friend and then my ps2 wouldn't let it out so i smashed it open (laughs) and i remember like showing my dad the smashed up ps2 and he was like you know i could have just taken it apart (laughs) and i was like shit so then uh i got into mmos and throughout all of middle school, I was pretty big into MMOs. Wow, and what was the 2D one? Maple Story. Maple Story. Maple Story is still my favorite. Yeah, a lot of people don't talk I've, about that I've, game now. Maple Story. I've never heard of it. And he was like, no, it's like a side scrolling JRPG. And I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. PC. Cr- uh, around. Yeah. It, what, 2010, 2011? Like early to. Like, Oh, was it early? Oh, it's, it was out before then. Oh, I wonder. Oh, really? Yeah. It became popular around then. That's when they uh, put out commercials for it. Okay. Yeah, because I know when it, when people started talking about MapleStory, it, it, I guess it was popular. I didn't know it was out before that. Yeah, it, it had been out way before then. Um, and that, that game was really bad with microtransactions. I, I really didn't like how they did those came out on my birthday in 2003 damn the day i turned 18 april 29th 2003 sorry i just had to look up the developer go ahead so um, then yeah uh throughout school i i just played a lot of mmos and then uh eventually when i got to high school i got a ps3 and so i've just been kind of hanging out on the old sony bandwagon uh you know mainly playing like rpgs and stuff uh, yes, yes. Well, everybody, it's funny that we're talking about Sony because today's topic is why can't Sony innovate? 
if you look at their past systems with their controller and with some of their games, Sony hasn't really innovated or changed anything about their product and about their titles. So what is it that makes them unable to do that? Like they could bring up a new IP. That's fine. But it's, it's just something about their, like definitely with their controller, definitely with their systems that they just can't never change anything. They can't never be like, this is something that makes them stand out. So JR, I'm going to cut to you first. Um, why can't Sony innovate? Uh, that's an interesting question. When you first when we first talked about this uh, a few weeks ago, I was kind of like, you know, I was thinking about it. Uh, and to a point, like I agree, I feel like Sony being from a company before they were involved in video games, I think that they kind of hedge their bets safer because they're a public company. Mm-hmm. So they want to make safe bets. Initially, Sony wanted to work with Nintendo, as a lot of people know, to make the Nintendo PlayStation. Um, that deal fell apart. Little known fact, immediately after that, they went to Sega with the exact same blueprint and said, we want to put this um, to, to work for you guys. Uh, and that deal also fell apart. A lot of people don't know that they went to Sega with the exact same thing. And after those two deals fell apart, uh, Sony CEO was like, we've spent way too much money on the front end here. We need to do something with this. You need to make it ourselves. Uh, and so they did. And they made the, the PS1. Uh, a little, a few days after that, there was an article by Laura Kate Dale on Kotaku.uk uh, about innovations that Sony made that other people have gotten credit for. And I found that very interesting because there's a lot of stuff in here that I was unaware of uh, and stuff that I didn't really think of. Like the iToy was the first camera that was used as hardware. And there's a lot of peripherals, you know, stuff that Nintendo – has often experimented with Microsoft kind of shies away from outside of the connect. And now that the connect is dead, I bet they don't ever mess with that stuff again. Um, that augmented reality game invisibles, which predates Pokemon go, um, watching and recording TV through your console and play TV, which was also on the PS2 and the PS3, uh, publicly available development hardware with the PS one, which I had no idea, but even before the Xbox one was a dev kit, there were PS1s that were available to consumers so anybody could make a PS1 game. So they actually have safely innovated. I think they hedge their bets with their console releases because they have investors to respond to. Nintendo, for whatever reason, just kind of throws stuff at the wall. I don't think if, – if Sony made the Wii U, they would stop making video games. You know what I mean? I think Nintendo keeps rolling on, whereas Sony's like, we can't afford a failure like that, which is why they keep playing it safe. And to your point, I think it's unfortunate. I think there's some things that they could mess with. But also, I think they make little innovations that help overall and kind of move the brand forward without actually going all in and making a Switch or a DS or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I think they do innovate. I just don't think they make the huge innovations that Nintendo is known for or even even Sega back in the day, frankly. Right. Because then Sega have the the Sega CD was already out there because Sony made that Peter Pan game for Sega, uh, the Sega CD. So I didn't know that. Correct. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so what had happened was Sega was frustrated with the peripherals with the Sega CD and the 32X. And Sony had approached them about using their internals um, because Sega systems were notoriously hard to develop for. I mm-hmm. mean, you're a student of uh, video game history. You know this stuff. But um, particularly the Saturn was very, very difficult to develop for because of the processing that they use, much yes. like the PS3. So ironically, Sony was the one that was like, we have these core processors and it's just like developing PC games. That's why the PS1 was so successful is because it was a third party machine. They didn't have a lot of first party games because they didn't have studios because they weren't a video game maker to begin with. They were trying to they were a tech company trying to help video game makers. So, yeah, they were just pitching to Sega like we already did this R&D for Nintendo. They didn't want it. We think you could use it. And Sega was like, no, that's fine. And the Saturn failed (laughs) and the PS1 didn't. And the rest is kind of history. But, yeah, you're right. The Sega CD definitely came first. The Philips CDI definitely came first. What Sony was selling them was more, here's an easy hardware solution that's going to make Capcom and Konami and all these, you know, Japanese third-party publishers come back to your to your ecosystem. Because uh, at the time, Nintendo was a third-party machine before Sony took over. A lot of people forget that SNES was lined up with third parties. It's not the case anymore, but but yeah, the SNES has tons of tons of third party games. Yeah, but even like Nintendo put a restriction restriction on the third parties because they were just like they didn't want to over flood uh, the market with like bad games. Oh, that's right. was it two games a year or something like that, and then companies would make fake companies. Yeah, to publish games, they wanted to put out more than two a year. Yeah, and then I think they end up yeah. getting rid of that like later on in the NES lifestyle because like. Capcom probably put out like what, like nine games uh, per year because like well, uh, what happened was they would make fake companies and then publish it through them, and then over time it just Nintendo was like, as long as it meets their QA, because they had really strict QA standards. Like the Nintendo seal of approval meant something. Yes, I don't know if you you've ever seen that on the back of the video. Yes, yeah. yes. So they would do intense QA. You couldn't ship a broken game on the NES right. because that was the problem with the Atari. That's why Atari went under. Was there were games that were shipping that just didn't work. Like you'd buy an eighty ninety dollar video game and it would just not work at all. Yeah, wasn't so, that a uh, a problem with the Game Genie? It it didn't have that licensed Nintendo seal. Um, I I don't know. I know they didn't like it. A lot of people didn't like it because it was messing with code. Yeah, it was an emulator, so it would be running Nintendo hardware to get right. into code. Yeah, so a lot of people just didn't like that to begin with. Yeah. Um. The yeah the game genie. Uh. Because I, for at that time it was just seen as an accessory to do cheats. So, um, there wasn't too much. Um, discussion about it about the game genie because in fact I think a lot of people didn't even have it because you would have the book that had the codes but if you wanted more codes you would have to try to find it or you would have to like um, buy like game pro EGM and some of the games that if the code messed up it would mess up that game oh right right it would essentially break the game I mean that's what it was doing in the first place was breaking the game yeah so, but why do, um, what do you think? Why you feel, do you think that Sony should be able to innovate or why do you think they can't innovate? Um, so as of right now, um, as far as the, uh, market goes, it looks like that Sony is very much in the lead 
So uh, I wouldn't think there'd be a whole lot of reason for them to start innovating right now. Maybe not until like next gen. Maybe with PS5 they might come out with something amazing. Um, like the 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 PSP was that the first handheld disc? Yeah. So I. Neo Geo Pocket Color, that's a cartridge, right? Um, Ed? yeah, that one is cartridge. Yeah. yeah. And the PSP Go was the first digital only system. Yeah. Video game console. Yeah. So I think they did innovate. I think they've shied away from it now, to your point, because they're winning. There's no right. There's no pressure on them to innovate. Right yeah. Now. So like as as far as this generation goes, they they have no real reason to start throwing out the money for innovation, but you know. Like um, was John Codera? Is that yeah. his name? Yep. Um, so he's like their their network guy. Yep. And so maybe with the next generation, we might see some big stuff. And even with PlayStation Now, they did try to innovate, right? And it failed. And Xbox looked at that and it was like, "That oh, was a good idea, but we're going to make it better." And then they yeah. used uh, Game Pass. Yeah. And Nintendo next year, I think, is going to do something more similar to Game Pass than. PlayStation Now. I think the problem is that the market right now doesn't want innovation. Xbox tried to innovate with Xbox One, and collectively gamers were like, we don't want this. Yeah. I, think, I mean, Crackdown 3 would be by now. Go yeah. ahead. I think with, what happened with Xbox is uh, it was all that additional um, like you only could play this, you have to own this game to share with friends. There was like a whole bunch of restrictions that they put on the, was put on the player. And I think those restrictions hindered uh, the Xbox One's sales for people actually liking it, like wanting the system. Uh, where Sony, when they found out all of these restrictions, they were just like, okay, yes, let's make sure that we do none of this and let's show the consumers how we, uh, how, you know, our system works when they buy it. You want to share a game, you just give it to them. So that's why, like, that burn that E3. Um, and everybody's just like, you won't get in the PlayStation 4 and stuff. And uh, everybody listened to the episode that I did of, uh, did you, um, did Sony get a fair pass? Uh, it was because of Xbox mistakes that Sony got a fair pass. So I, cause if, if Microsoft, what they are now, if they didn't, if what they are now was when they first came up with Xbox One, I think Sony and Microsoft will be still, will be tied at this point. And, so you think it wasn't so much the issue that they rejected; it was the the negatives that came with the positives. Yeah, because I because I, I can okay. understand them trying to do an awful one TV console kind of thing. I can understand that, but I think when all the stuff started falling out about it after their E three presentation, that literally destroyed people uh, want and need for Xbox One and put they that killed that fan base the Microsoft fan base and push everybody to a more majority to Sony. I think that's true. I think also Sony was kind of on a roll with the PS3. I mean, it's, it's easy to forget that uncharted one, two and three, the last of us, Nino Cooney. I mean, they, they were killing it with exclusives yeah. as they rolled into PS4. I mean, it wasn't just Microsoft making a massive mistake on a huge stage like E3 when they announced their, the, uh, their new console. I think it was also that people were kind of grab like Xbox. You bought a 360 because it was cheaper, and then you got burned by bad hardware. And then you get all their games, but all their games are in the front end of the generation. They kind of 
ran out of steam halfway through. And then meanwhile, Sony's like, oh, yeah, we're killing it with all these exclusive after exclusive after exclusive. And that rolled into the PS4 era where it's like now you're seeing, I mean, a deluge of games. What's Microsoft offering? They have this new console, Xbox One X, which is innovative and new. Um, but also there's nothing really to play on it other than the games that you already have probably on another system. Granted, it looks better. But, I mean, I think that's what – every time somebody tries to innovate, it kind of fails. I mean, the examples that I gave from uh, Laura Kate Dale's article, you know, the iToy and uh, the DVR and all that stuff, they introduced it and it didn't do well. PlayStation Now isn't successful. I mean, I, I don't know anybody that has a PlayStation Now subscription. Yeah. So I think they're all about making safe moves. To your point, they're in the lead. They don't want to introduce the next Connect and then have it fail. They're being very careful with VR, yeah, which isn't mm-hmm. even innovative, really. It's just kind of a downstep from things that Oculus is doing, right? So uh, I I don't know if you really consider this an innovation, but it seems like they kind of sell a little bit uh, better priced hardware. Oh yeah. So yeah, you yeah. know, like PS4 Pro compared to the Xbox One X. One X. Uh, I believe the Pro is a little bit cheaper. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper. And then yeah. uh, the the PlayStation VR, comparing that to like the uh, was the HTC Vive, yep. mm-hmm. is significantly much it's, more better in price. It's like a quarter of the price, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, optimization is the thing that they do. Yeah, very well. I would agree with that. Yes. Yeah, I mean you, the consistent controllers and stuff. I mean, a lot of people, I think yourself included, Ed, have said that 360 controller is better than the Xbox One controller. No, one is better than 360. The 360 controller is terrible. The Xbox One controller feels very comfortable, um, and and that's kind of how why I'm going back to play some old 360 games. It's because of the Xbox One controller. It's better. What game are you playing? What game did you miss in the 360 that you're going back to? Um. Blue Dragon, uh, Lost Odyssey, and that's pretty much it. Okay, this is a little off topic, but what happened to that Xbox? What happened to the Xbox that made Blue Dragon? What happened to the Xbox that went out to Bandai Namco and said, hey, we want a Tales game exclusive to our system? What happened to the Xbox that was reaching out to gamers? They don't do that shit anymore. You know, it's just – it really frustrates me. Like I want Xbox to be successful because that pushes Sony harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What hap- what happened was is that um, X- Microsoft didn't include Japanese, and because during that time during the 360, since N rated third party over the shoulder or first party violent gangs were the hit, Japan knew nothing about that, so none of their gangs were going to matter or be considered on their system, where Sony. Um, at least when it comes to RPGs, like they were considering Japan because of course Sony's based in Japan. They were considering yeah. RPGs that weren't going to be on Nintendo systems or weren't going to be on the DS. So that's why you sometimes have these anime based games on Sony. So they were going, Microsoft were going so much for the hardcore that they forgot everybody else. And so Microsoft weren't going to Japan really go. That's why their systems don't sell well in Japan because, well, Microsoft really don't have no connection with companies in Japan. They only do stuff with American and some of Europe. So that's, that's why Assassin's Creed and like Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that, that Microsoft goes out because 
those kind of games still try to appeal to the hardcore player that Americans grew up with when they were younger or were able to buy those games. Because hardcore players, some real hardcore players know nothing about Final Fantasy. Won't touch anything that comes from Japan. A, they don't want to watch, they don't want to do a lot of reading. Don't know why. Um, they don't know the mechanics. And sometimes they just feel like that genre is just too boring and it's only for quote unquote nerds. Um, and it don't meet their taste of, they just want to shoot stuff or they want something very dumbed down. But I'm saying like they did Blue Dragon, Lost Odyssey, yeah. Eternal Sonata, Infinite Undiscovery. Uh, what's the Tales game? Is it Tales of the Abyss? Yeah, Tales of the Abyss. Yeah, all those were exclusive to 360. Like they were trying to get that market. And with Xbox One, they just kind of gave up. Like I, I couldn't believe when Yoko Taro was talking about Nier and he's like, no, Sony didn't pay us for an exclusive deal. We just we just didn't go to Xbox because it wasn't worth it. Right. And I'm like, that's crazy to me. That they could have had near Automata and just didn't. Like, nobody reached out. Like, I, I think Phil Spencer's doing as good of a job as he can, but mm-hmm. I feel like they're missing out huge. Right. So, like, when when I was in high school, like, everybody had an Xbox 360. Like, no matter how many times that thing fucking broke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone still kept buying them. And, like, the only game they would play on it is, like, Call of Duty or Halo, you know? Yeah. So that that very much is like a typical American console. You think so? I think so. But I mean, the, the PS4 is still out selling Xbox One in America too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, right? Still an appetite for that. Uh, yeah, it's just, I think it's still because of that burn that Microsoft did in, with the first Xbox. So, and and this because this is the weird thing with Sony, even though you they have sold more. Only there's there's a yeah. very limited of games that are exclusive from third party. Like Persona is an exclusive series to uh Sony. The Yakuza games is an exclusive series to Sony. Well, that's only two. Um, Near which I, I I uh with Near Automata I didn't know they were they weren't gonna put it on uh Xbox. Near Automata wasn't even gonna come to PlayStation Four. That was gonna be exclusive to PC. To PC, but Sony reached out. Now that's what I'm saying is yeah. that's the difference between the two companies. Yeah, because Near sold better on PS3 than it did on Xbox. A lot of people don't even know the original Near was on Xbox. It was a different game. It had a different protagonist. Oh, I didn't a lot know of that. Don't even know that. It's, it's, yeah, it's Near Gestalt and Near Replicant. They're two completely di- not completely different, but they're two different games. You the thing about Near is that I see more PS3 copies than Xbox 360. I've never seen an Xbox yeah. 360 of Nier. Yeah. yeah. I, I've never seen one either, but I know that they exist. You know what I mean? I saw <laughs> yeah. that online. Um, I like Yoko Taro. I'm a big fan of the Guard series to begin with. So, like, when he announced Nier, I was really excited for it. So I was aware of, like, the PS3 is the old man version, the 360 is the young Japanese guy version. Um, I was actually a little disappointed by that. And it was kind of backwards because you would think they would put the the kid on the PS3 and then the old man on the 360 for marketing. Doesn't that make more sense to you, Ed? Uh, yeah. In a way, yeah. yeah. That was just – yeah. And that's the thing too. Like Nier's on PC. Like they could have easily ported that to Xbox One. 
they still might, I guess. I don't know. I, to my knowledge, the interview I read was he was like, there's no exclusivity deal. I think you're right, though, about Sony not having third parties up until this year. This year they kind of killed it. But we'll see what – and they're still bringing stuff. I mean, uh, Left Alive, that's mm-hmm. a Square Enix game. Uh, Earth Defense Force, I don't even know who – is that Sega? Um, No, it's not Sega. It's somebody else. It's not Bandai. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Both the Tales games that are exclusive to PS3. I feel like there's more stuff. What Yakuza about the, uh, like the Kojima? Death Stranding, but that's technically... Sony's. Yeah, that's te- but he's saying third party because technically Kojima Productions is a third party studio, but it's being published by Sony and also Gorilla's working on it. Uh, so I don't know if that. Okay. I oh, I thought really I thought I it was um Sony's company. I thought they I thought he was now working for Sony, and or because he's not. No, sick Mark of- Cerny approached Kojima. Mark Cerny approached Kojima and said that uh, they wanted to pay him whatever he wanted to make that Stranding. And he has his own studio that's separate from Sony, but mm-hmm. they're working at Sony Studios, and they've uh, they're using Gorilla's engine from Horizon, and some members of uh, Gorilla are working on Death Stranding as well to help them optimize it for their game. So, but is, no, it's it's technically third party. Oh, so Kojima's production is third party, almost like Platinum. yeah, because he wants to he's anime and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, okay, he's not bought by Sony. See, that, but, that was... I mean, he's been Sony since day one. See, that was so weird. I thought that he was under Sony now. No. Oh, wow. That's a, I think that's the message that Sony wants out there. Mm-hmm. I think Sony wants the perception, but he's come out and said, like, a lot of people approached him, and he liked Sony's deal the best. So, And I think it was because they offered him the internal resources. Microsoft, again, not to... I'm not ripping on Microsoft, but like you look at what happened to Platinum with uh, Scalebound or not Scalebound? Yeah, Scalebound. Yeah, Yeah, Scalebound. They weren't given the resources that Platinum needed. They could have made that game. I mean, they helped with Cuphead, so they seem to have learned their lessons. But but. Cuphead, they just barely got by, didn't they? They had to take out several mortgages on their house. Yeah, yeah. They don't. They give them a little bit, but clearly not enough. Yeah. Well, I well. See, I wonder how that exclusive deal worked with Microsoft because even though uh, they were indie, I think Microsoft went to them to say that they just want their game on their system, but they would still have to fund it um, themselves. Oh, like they would pay for like the porting and all that stuff. Yeah. But the development of the game would be internal. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too is Sony buys IPs. Which is why some people don't want to work with Sony because, like, the Order eighteen eighty six was not made by was made by Supermassive, which is not a first party studio, but Sony bought the Order eighteen eighty six, so they could make another Order game, not made by them. They could make another Bloodborne game, not made by From Software, because mm-hmm. they buy the IP. Microsoft gave them money for Cuphead, but Cuphead two, they've already come out and said will be on other platforms. Specifically, the Switch and PS4, but they can't say that. But he's come out and said, like, if this game is successful, the next one's going to be multi-platform. So that's a good thing working with Microsoft versus working with Sony. Sony can buy your game and that idea, and it's theirs now. Well, that's kind of well, because see, Nintendo has stake in Fatal Frame. So, uh, because Fatal Frame, oh, go ahead, Jr. 
No, I was saying that's is that Capcom? No, Fatal Frame is a uh, Kobe Tecmo. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I knew it was yes. Yeah, it was weird. I was I was reading about it that they I think they own like forty percent of the exclusive deal with Tecmo for uh, uh, Fatal Frame. So that's why uh, we you got that Fatal Frame Black Maiden, what uh, Water of Black Maiden, or something like that. Um, and why that yeah. series hasn't been on on Sony, I think after PlayStation One. Oh, because Nintendo was like, we're buying this from them. Yeah, they're making an exclusive deal. So once that deal is over with, they could put their Fatal Frame games back on PlayStation if they want to on Sony's uh, system. If they want to. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I wonder what Crash, like, there was that rumor that Crash was going to come to Switch and Xbox One, and it's been six months. I haven't heard anything. If, uh, I'm still waiting for Spider. You'll be waiting for a long time. Well, no, I think Activision. <laughs> Activision. Uh, because it's sold uh, well. I don't know. because well, because Activision is very weird <laughs> in a way with their games. Um. Like their kids games, like because we didn't even get a, a Skylanders game. Their kids game, of course, is going to be on Nintendo, and they make all their buku bucks on Nintendo. But it's right. kind of weird. It's kind of weird that they continue to put some of their bigger games on the other platforms, and it actually depends on if it's going to sell or not. Because I don't think Call of Duty still has the power that it has. When it was on 360. Um, yeah. Especially not after Friday. <laughs> yeah. I I wonder how many people are going to buy that game. Yeah, I wonder. Cause, I wonder. Uh, and especially the pre-release went so well. And then the public release on Friday, just those server. You can't have server problems on day one. Like you were talking about on our podcast about Destiny. It's like, what's going on with Activision? That's they was, having server, they was having server problems with Call of Duty? Oh, yeah. 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 Big time. Oh, please yeah, tell me Jeff about Gersman, this. He said there was a queue. Uh, it said waiting like 15 minutes, and then he's like, and then it kicked me out a minute later. He's yeah. like, I've never had queue issues on Call of Duty. And there, and his thought is that it's the, you know, the Normandy area, the social space yeah. where they're dropping loot boxes. You have to watch people. He said that it can't handle the server load can't handle all of that. The queue for the the public space was not optimized well enough. So like you can't even get a game because the social space is filled up. Or has Call of Duty ever done anything like that? No. 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 Because I had I heard anything like that. That's like what PUBG kind of does. Yep. Yeah. It's more of a PC thing. And it makes more sense because you can isolate servers on PC yeah. better than you can when you have separate ecosystems like PS4 and Xbox One A. So, yeah. Yeah, Call of Duty did not launch well. Oh, wow. And people are... Well, maybe you can spend like the two hours playing the campaign or something. I heard it was Come like on, five that's... to six hours for the campaign. <laughs> I know. He's being obnoxious. Oh, He's wow. being obnoxious. Well, I, well... The Star Wars too. Well, a lot of people actually have been talking about the Call of Duty games um, because it's once again, it's just like the story campaign, depending on what reviewer you read, uh, 
they kind of like it or they just it's so pained by the numbers nothing is exciting about it but they were just like if you play the multiplayer and you play zombies those are probably the best still the best parts of call of duty and it's just like what is going on with this uh with this series why can't this series get this campaign right I I just think it's not focused for them. I mean, yeah. it's like the that you saw with EA, where it's like, right. and like you said, paint by numbers. They just want you know. We I, put this in because people complain if they don't have it. I I think predominantly, like majority of people play uh, Call of Duty online. Yeah, like mm-hmm. my older brother and his friends play Call of Duty online, and I asked him like, "How have you played the campaign?" And he's like, "No, I've never touched it." Yeah, but those same people complain if it's not in there. Right. Remember years ago they were going to spin off zombies into its own game? They should have done that. That would have been sweet though. They should they had the numbers and then they waited too long and then people weren't buying the DLC and then they decided not to. Because whenever I would play a Call of Duty game, I would either play zombies or the campaign. I never did the uh, like actual online thing. Yeah, because oh yeah, yeah, because zombies. I think Black Ops Three for PS3 and 360, they were only just multiplayer and the zombies. They didn't even have the campaign. Right. Which is... Uh, oh, on the PS3, yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right. Because they were just like the... Could... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was saying, yeah, I was agreeing with you. Oh, yeah. Um, Now, okay, of course, uh, Paris Games Week. Uh, I know you guys watched it. Um, I don't know if you guys discussed it yet or anything. Uh, yes, we did. We talked about it on our last episode that I have up, not posted. I uploaded it this morning. Oh, okay. Okay. So the time. Go ahead. We love again. <laughs> yeah. So do check out this that episode on SoundCloud, everybody. Um, what is it with this over the shoulder gameplay? Can't they stop? It was uh, like I think that's just that's just their style now, man. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Spider-Man is going to be like that. The whole, you know what I mean? Because you can't do a Spider-Man game like that. Yes. So, and obviously Shadow of the Colossus isn't like that. But to your point, like obviously God of War, the camera's all tight. Last of Us, the camera's all tight. Ghost of Tsushima? Am yeah. I saying that right? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's gonna be a little tighter. Which is interesting because Sucker Punch games are typically you see the full character. You look at Sly Cooper, you look at Infamous, you can see the full character. Because yes. those games are about movement. Um, I think once we see that game in action, it's not going to be like that. But that trailer didn't make it look that way. So I don't know. It's kind of weird. All their games are really dark, too. That's another thing I don't like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even because Death Stranding wasn't there and Days Gone wasn't there. And those are also both very, very dark. Shadow of the Colossus is very, very dark. Are you familiar with that story, writer? No, I'm not. Okay. You know, have you played that, Ed? Shadow of the Colossus, yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really dark story. Okay. Yeah. It's surprising dark. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. you you begin you'll understand what happens when you do the things that you do at the end at the game. And you'd be like, "Oh, wow. That took a turn." It's like it's almost like near. Okay. It's like, "Oh, you thought." Bro. Right. <laughs> no. no. Plays with your expectations. But like even uh Detroit Become Human Oh, yeah. uh, I I knew that game was gonna be kind of dark a little bit, but that trailer it was fucking balls. I couldn't to the wall. watch it. Yeah, I couldn't watch it. Just awful. I okay. 
So I didn't have a problem with that trailer. I actually looked at the house and just like, wait, isn't this heavy rain? Like the house literally looks <laughs> like from heavy rain. Yeah, it does. And Did you see the snippet where it's uh, the same character? The little girl is the same character model as the girl that's on the rooftop from uh, the other Detroit trailer. Oh, no, I didn't realize that. Oh, I have to look at it again. Yeah. Yeah, somebody posted uh, screenshots from both the trailers. I don't know if it's true or not, but I saw a thing. I haven't gone through and done the research myself. But after seeing that, I was like, that does look like the same little girl. So maybe it's the same scene. I don't know. Uh, you've seen both trailers? Yeah, I've seen that. There is in the second trailer, You there's an option to send the little girl out onto the roof and out the window. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, they could they be, could be the, the same, same scenes. scenes. Yeah. Okay. Because the dad is going makes, after her, and uh, you're trying to protect her. Even, yeah, yeah, you can choose to protect. There's, the whole thing is about having options or whatever. Did you like Heavy Rain, Ed? Yes. I thought it was better than The Last of Us when it comes to a parent dealing with a child and going for emotion in the game. Heavy Rain is way better than The Last of Us. I think The Last of Us is it's a decent game, but it's yeah. so it's just so cliched and it just feels poor. Like in this explanation of what it was trying to do, it's just like, uh well, I I'm like, are you trying to make it this? And if this is the thing that happen that happens to humans, but it doesn't happen to animals, even though some parts of animals and humans share the same kind of body parts and stuff. The DNA is not well. The DNA is a little bit different, but it's just like why animals are not affected, but the kid, but children are. Like, I mean, I mean, but the humans are. And how yeah. does this? How does this affect like electricity and uh, like affect technology? I'm like, you guys got the sun out, so there should be a way that solar power power happens. The intro was just. Uh, it was just like so pain by the numbers, and I was just like so over it. I'm just like this could have been so better. I think uh, so. Towards the end of that game, did you beat it? No, I didn't beat it, but I know what happens. Okay, towards the end of the game, they have people that are trying to get the power back on, and you know what I'm talking about. I've never played the game, and I don't know anything about it, so I have no idea. You never what... played Last of Us? Oh, The Last of Us. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Heavy Rain. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. Oh yeah, I've no. played the last of us. So towards the end of that, or about halfway through, they show the thing. Where yes, to get yeah. Back on. I, I do agree. There are some cliches there. The end of that game kind of takes them and flips them on their head. To your point about, I mean, the topic's supposed to be Sony innovating. I think that the Last of Us did show environmental storytelling in a new light. I think it showed subtlety. I think it did depend on the tropes that you're talking about, Ed, where it was kind of cliched mm-hmm. in certain areas, particularly that opening. I thought the opening was touching, but I could definitely get where you're coming from, where it's like I've kind of seen this a hundred times before. Um, but I think that they did push the envelope, as they did with Uncharted. And I think – I mean you look at Tomb Raider, right? I mean that's – they took what Uncharted did and pushed it forward, and I'm not going to argue that. So obviously there is some innovation from the software side. I know the topic here today is is the hardware side. But I no, do it's, think it's Sony in general. 
in general. Okay. So I think for software, I think you can argue that they have done some really cool stuff in terms of pushing the tech forward with software. I think PlayLink is a really cool idea. They're iterating on what Jackbox has been doing and that new game Erica looks dope. Like Yeah, that one looks some, really good. Yeah, using human models and putting it in that telltale style with the weird you know, cell phone gameplay. I think that's a really cool, innovative idea. And I, 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 Sony is being careful about being innovative, but I think they're still pushing games forward in a good way. And I, I look forward to seeing what they continue to do. That PlayLink stuff, that was at E3 this year, and they've been slowly trickling out games. And I'm impressed that they – I thought that was going to be like they're going to have five games for it in the fall. And it's going to be the move all over again. They're going to forget about it, never do anything else. So when Erica comes out and just kind of punches you in the face, I was like, damn, they're going to keep making these. I thought that was really – I was really surprised by it. Well, I think the, the part that people – why Sony don't get like the props for that kind of innovation, they don't market it well. They don't talk about it. It's, it's Once again, it's one of those, we'll put it out and walk away from it. Like that, like Wonder Absolutely. Book. Wonder Book would have been an yeah. awesome thing for kids in school. Oh. They would, they would, they could have did something very educational with Wonder Book, and because they didn't do nothing with it, they made that one or two games for it. They did, they didn't yeah. try to like literally. They could have marketed that thing in Sports Illustrated kids, or they could have marketed that stuff into parenting to help kids get the read. And like there could have been stuff that they could have did with Wonder Book, but because of you know Sony, I guess the I guess people's reactions and the low sales, like Sony didn't really market yeah. it and bring a reason why people need Wonder Book, and they should have. They should have took that money that they had. Um, for that market, and really just be like, "Yo, let's get one of the books into kids' schools, you know, and help kids read and help other like young kids learn." Let it also be a system that is just not video games and violence and all of this stuff, but we could show that this is for casual gamers and also for an educational purpose. Because this is a market that Nintendo's not touching yet. This is a market Microsoft is not touching yet. Like they could have did something with right. one of the book and chose not to. You're absolutely right. I think what happened there was THQ closed after you draw came out. I think that's what made them gun shy with wonder book. I, I completely forgot about that, man. They, they did have something special there. And the difference between that and you draw was the, the technology was more versatile mm -hmm. and it was better. What THQ had done with you draw, which eventually sank that company. And I think that made them scared. That's the thing. Like I keep coming back to it. Sony will make these little innovations, but if the the first sign that something bad's going to happen, they just walk away because they, you know, PlayStation's the only thing that's making money for Sony right now. Yes, I mean, well, movies, movies this year because of Spider Man, but that's not even their films division anyway. Um, so PlayStation was what was moving that entire that multi billion dollar company forward. So they're really conservative with what they invest in, what they don't. Um, which is unfortunate because they need to take gambles. I wish they pushed VR harder. I'm not a VR supporter. Um, personally, but I think the tech is cool. And to your point about Wonderbook, that's another thing where it's like, this is cheap VR tech. You could put this in schools. You know what I mean? It would be real easy to be like, here's a thousand free PlayStation 4s and VR headsets, give them to some universities, let kids mess around with them, and then create this buzz around VR because Oculus is not going to do that. You know what I mean? There's too high a barrier for entry for other forms of VR. PlayStation's got a foot in the door with 60, 70, 80 million PS4 sold. And, and they got this cheap headset. And it's like you can enter a whole new world. 
Yes. And they can change a lot of things with that technology, and they're scared to. They could really have pushed Vita to be a real Switch competitor. I mean, when the Switch came out and they saw that it was successful, they could have come out and been like, you know what, we're doubling down on Vita. Here's some first-party games. Here's Freedom Wars 2. Here's another Uncharted game. Here's the Last of Us game, whatever it is. And I kind of was hoping they would announce another handheld or do something with it, and they're just scared. Like th- They didn't push the Go ahead. I, I think with the Vita, it was that the memory card short. Like the rollout for the Vita was yeah. just a disaster. You know, it was abysmal. You know, even and now even get on Nintendo that the 3DS when it first came out was a disaster. They made it up with the uh with the um with that program with the six free games and stuff, and you know try to get things back um uh, for dropping the price and stuff. But Sony just. It, the Vita could have been more not not even competition to the 3ds. I think it could have been a compliment. It could have been a system that right. stuff that you can't get on 3ds you get on Vita, and both systems could coexist with each other, and you can enjoy the games on on either system. And Sony did not do that. That that micro SD the micro oh, not micro the SD card situation was a bad idea. Because it's just like, yeah. you got the game on cartridge. Why would you need an SD card for it to save the information and just on and not save it on the cartridge? Right. Even Nintendo learned that lesson where it was like, you know what? The Wii, remember the Wii had those crappy memory cards for a while? Yes. And they're like, you know what? Screw it. SD cards. And Sony refused to let go. They changed the charger, which was nice, when they went from the OLED Vita to the Slim Vita. So now you can charge it with a USB. Yeah. yeah. But they didn't fix the memory card problem. I think the the memory card is to prevent, um, like stealing Hacking games. Stuff. Yeah, I mean that's the I excuse they I, give, but that's bullshit because the 3ds uses it. I mean, you're right; that's the excuse yeah. they give. But well, the Switch uses regular SD cards. Yeah, but Sony is also they have been susceptible to hacking and things like that. So, but this is the problem. but Nintendo's. What, what well, uh, Ryder, you mentioned the hacking. People hack the Vita to play Nintendo games. Yep. And and every Nintendo console gets hacked the day it comes out because yeah. their firmware is junk. It is junk. Well, there are Wii's with every Wii game ever released on them. Yes. Just download. Yeah. I I had a Don't say that on the air. What? Don't No you didn't. Don't admit to crimes on okay, Ed's I podcast. Won't, I won't. Thank you. It was something with a DS though. Don't do it. Is the R R did not Is it the RF4 memory card? Because that's what everybody was doing. Like in Japan, uh, that's why Nintendo sued them so they could stop making those cars because um, they people found out way on how to illegally put games onto the RF4 and put them play them on the DS and three. Well, not so much the 3DS that I know of, but the DS people would put it on their RF4 cars. Well, we we know somebody that had a Wii that can download any game from the Wii eShop. I, that's not an RF4 though, is it? I don't know. That's um, a firmware thing. It was Michael. No, it was SD. Because uh, the RF4, they were only using it for 3DS. They wasn't using it for uh, Wii. So it was probably, they was oh. probably somehow getting it from a site, download it to an SD card, and then import and, put it, and then putting it into the Wii. Um, yeah, because you had to wipe it because the new firmware fixed it and all the stuff. Yeah. That's neither... You're right. That's the excuse they use, but also that's not a good excuse because Nintendo deals with that shit all the time, and they still sell games. But does uh, 
has their online services been hacked a lot and lost customer data? They have never had an online service. Ooh, so, uh, Nintendo? Sony has. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sony's has. Um, I think even with the hack uh, with the PS3 and them taking time, they didn't really lose anybody because their online structure was better than Microsoft. Um, due to the fact that people were paying $60 for online stuff for Microsoft and for you to even use like Netflix and YouTube and stuff, you had to have a go count where with PlayStation three where they're online. You didn't need none of that. You want to watch Netflix, download the app and watch it. You want, you see YouTube, watch it, Hulu, watch it. So on PS3, they weren't, they weren't charging for online. So they didn't really lose anything. Um, they, they fixed it and got it together and, but they didn't lose anything. Or any customers. And Nintendo's hasn't gotten hacked and it wouldn't have impacted anybody anyway because they, I mean, Mario Kart was on the Wii, right? Right. And I think Smash, maybe Call of Duty, they had like less than 10 games that had online features on the Wii. Yeah. It was, yeah. So that was never a thing to them. With the Switch, it's different. Yeah. So I don't know. And because, yeah. And because Nintendo was so about, everybody coming into one household and playing it or you know four players playing it in the house during the weed days online didn't really matter because they people like if you look at punch out that came on the Wii, people prefer to play that game on the couch sitting next to each other passing controllers because they made it made them feel like kids where playing it online they just didn't really get that challenge because Unless if you want a hard difficulty, real challenge, you have to play people in Japan. Yeah, that uh, actually one of my favorite games, maybe not of all, one of my favorite fighting games ever, Tatsunoko versus Capcom. Yes, just, just it sold nothing because the online infrastructure wasn't there, and that's one of the best versus maybe the best versus Capcom game. That it plays like an anime fight, dude. It's so good, it's so and it's only good. on the Wii. Yeah, and that so game, good. that game is the reason Capcom switched their whole fighting style. That's why uh, Marvel yeah. vs. Capcom three plays like that. Um, I think Street Fighter four plays like that too. I'm not yeah, sure. to a degree. There's certain characters that don't. Yeah, okay, but it's yeah. got a very similar thing. Yeah, I bought that game day one, and yeah, like I pre-ordered it, and literally you only could play with the. Uh, with the SNES style controller, I cannot play that game with the Wii U and the uh, motion control. Uh, uh-uh. uh, I had to play that with the original like <laughs> SNES controller. And then, um, yeah, they had I, a uh, arcade stick too. Oh, they did. Okay, I guess that was only at GameStop because I've never seen. It. I seen someone make made a custom make one, uh, with the uh, yeah. with the cover of the Cat Conference Tatsunoku. But I did not see it. Uh, I couldn't find that in stores anywhere. It might have been Japan only. Because it plugged into the... It had the plug for the Wiimote. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, GameWorks um, in Schaumburg, Illinois, they have uh, the arcade version of Tatsunoku versus Capcom. And I oh, destroyed really? it, but got killed at the last boss fight <laughs> fighting him. I would love Does to have see the extra characters. Huh? Does it have the extra characters? Yes. That didn't come to we we didn't get the DLC and shit because that yeah. game bombed so badly. It's terrible. Well, that's why with the Switch, 
Capcom only came out with Street Fighter 2 because they were like, we've been burned before. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, uh, it was a licensing deal with uh, Capcom and Bandai. Um, so that's why some characters didn't come to the American version release. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it was an anime license deal. Um, and so they weren't releasing uh, whatever anime company Bandai went to to go talk about it. Um, that company weren't going to put it in the game for Capcom. So they had to replace Capcom had to replace it with some of their uh, characters. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I it, thought this was a sale thing. No, because no. I think. Yeah, I think it would have got a sequel, but I think the headache that Bandai went through to license characters for the animes and stuff, that was the headache. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because huh. um, a, a lot, as much as it didn't sell, a lot of people on a lot of people's list when they talk about fighting games on the Wii, before, before they even talk, talk about Smash, Capcom versus Tatsunoku always comes up. That comes up as the first yeah. one. There was a dope, uh, that Castlevania 3D fighter was actually pretty good too. And nobody liked it because it wasn't a traditional Castlevania game, but it was actually a pretty good game. I've, I've seen it. I just never played it. I was just like, do I get this game or not? <laughs> if you can find it for 10 bucks, it's pretty cheap. Like, oh. I liked it. It was pretty good. There was actually, I'm going to get real nerdy right now. There's a common writer game that's exclusive to Wii that's a fighting game. And it also has a Musou mode. And that game is dope. And I wish it was on. I wish it was on a Sony platform. They make all these common writer games, writer. They make all these common writer games. They don't come out in America, and it hurt, breaks my heart. You like Chip? Do you like Common Writer, Ed? Yeah, it's a good series. I like it. I love Common Writer. I haven't watched the new series yet, but I like Common Writer. <laughs> writer just looking it's at like, you like, huh? I, I don't know what Common uh-huh. Writer is. It's like Power Rangers, except it's one dude. Yeah. He's got a motorcycle. Yeah. Sometimes he's a wizard. Sometimes he's a dragon. Doesn't matter. He's a badass. What was the uh, TV series back in the nineties? Archer was it Archer Force or uh, it, it was kind of like almost like Archer Man, but that was a common writer. Oh, Masked Rider was a spinoff of Power Rangers. Is that the one you're talking about? I think so. It was or like was... <laughs> so there were there were several Sentai series in the nineties. Power Rangers. Masked Rider, which was uh, a common Rider series done with American actors. Then there was Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, which was an Ultraman series that they came to America. That might be it. VR. Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. That yeah. was Ultraman Grid. Okay. That came to America. Yeah. Yeah. That That's one of my favorites, too. I love that series. There, there's an anime of that coming out, Ed. <gasps> when? Yeah, it's a Bandai series. And anime is coming out. It's gonna be great. Are you excited, writer? VR card. <laughs> VR troopers. <laughs> Thank you. I love Ultraman, kaiju's and sentais, and just all sorts of Japanese shit. Love it. Love it. City Shroud and Shadows. I keep talking about this game. They, there's still no Western release date. If I have to really? record it, I'm gonna be pissed. It's we'll got Ultraman it. in it. It's got Evangelion in it. It's we'll got- get it. We'll get Ugh, it. I do not like Evangelion. I hate that series. That main character, That's I fun. want to dropkick in his mouth. Stop whining. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he does sexually assault a character. He does. I couldn't Once. get past the like third episode of the regular one. So, oh, really? 
years. Yeah. I, I have to try. I, I'm going to have to get drunk or something. I'm going to have to force myself to watch this so series because <laughs> he, he pissed me off on the first episode because he just whined and cried. And I'm it like, really? Fun. Are we about to do this as an anime? I'm like, y'all love this? I was just like, please give me Ronin Warriors. Give me Samurai Piece of Cast. Give me something. I was so sick yeah. of uh, event. Uh, I did used to call it Avengers, uh, Evangelion. I thought you actually said the G. <laughs> um, you ever see Dead Man Wonderland? That's got another character that I just want to Dead Man Wonderland. It's terrible. Mm, I, you watch that? Yeah, yeah. They like cancel it halfway through. Yes, they do. It's really bad. Wasn't that one it's taking place in an amusement park? Yes. Yes. He gets framed for murder, and then he goes to prison that's also an amusement park where people fight with their blood. It's real bad. Has like a magic power. Yeah. It's oh, real bad. Oh, yeah. He, like he whines a lot. I mean, he has the right to whine about it. It's not like Evangelion where it's like, you get this giant robot to go fight monsters. And he's like, yeah, I don't Shinji's want to. Shinji's mom is dead and his dad abandoned him. I mean, that's the same level. But you level still of... get to drive a, a giant monster. But then in Dead Man Wonderland, it's like he was framed for murdering his entire class and then sent to this prison. Yeah, I think that one where... is on Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Yeah, I had to finish watching it. That one was oh. good. It was good at the beginning. <laughs> it literally was because it was no, like yeah, it does start strong. Yeah, he gets real annoying though. Yeah, he does. Uh, I like every other series, and that's why that's why Sony can't innovate is because of that whiny little boy <laughs> on the. <end. laughs> so yeah. well, we're going. No, have you ever seen that? You ever oh. Seen... oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, a- ask your question because I love. I'm loving this. I'm loving this combo. Uh, you ever seen that meme where it's, uh, it's Shinji with his hands over his face and he's crying and he's like, my life sucks so bad. And his dad's like, Hey, you want to fight aliens and a giant robot? Do you want to live with three women that just want to have sex with you really bad? And he's like, Ooh, no one likes me. He's like, I love you so much. I gave you a giant robot and three women to sexually assault and you just hate me anyway. Uh, I like Evangelion. He's a terrible character and he's whiny. I completely agree. I don't know. I just but watched I that, past that one movie with you one time. Yeah. yeah which is pretty cool. Did, did one of the movies wrap the everything up? Like the whole series up or something? Uh, so the problem with that is that dude's like clinically depressed. And so he started that series. The ending didn't make any sense. Then he made a bunch of movies to explain the series. And those movies were kind of worse. And so he started from the beginning and he's making four more movies that kind of, in his opinion, fix everything. But fans don't like it because it changes too much. So yes and no. Oh wow! Because it was twenty four episodes. Yep. And then there's three movies after that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then they started all over with Evangelion one one one, which is a new movie that kind of covers the first few episodes but then by the time you get to the second movie mm. he changes so much stuff that it's completely different wow it's kind of like monica magic so are they still doing the evangelion versus godzilla so the fourth evangelion movie has to come out and then after that maybe 
because that guy is directing the anime Godzilla movies, which are done now. Oh. So he's a busy guy. He's also clinically depressed. Because he is – he sees himself as Shinji and he hates himself. So that's why Shinji is a terrible character. Oh, that kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's really sad and depressing. Wow. Well, we're going to get into the last part because I have to bring you guys back on for anime talk. Like, if, All right, yeah. If because sure. I, I need to do Akira. I need to do because uh, I, me, uh, I don't know if you guys checked it out. The last episode, uh, me and my friend Jesse, we did Spirit to the Way. Because uh, I went to go see that game, not game. I went to go see that movie in its native language in Japanese, and surprisingly, the theater I went to was halfway full. Which is like, what do y'all know about a Studio Ghibli film? Like, I literally thought I was going to be the only one. Nope, that thing was halfway yeah. filled. I'm like, oh my goodness! And how movie in Castle is coming out later this month. But um, I kind of want to go over. A, I want to do an episode of Akira, uh, mm-hmm. and figure out. What is that movie all about? Because every time I watch it, I, I'm like, every time I watch it, I don't find nothing new. I just keep getting lost. It's like, okay, I know this deals with telekinesis, but, huh? It's just, <laughs> so that's kind of my problem with the anime. Yeah. Is that in the manga, they explain everything. And in the anime, they it's an entirely different story with yep. the same subject. Uh, but they don't explain any of it. The the movie is like the movie's not to not meant to tell a story. The movie is meant to be a series of cool things. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. It looks cool, but it's very confusing. Right, it's an art film, but it's disguised oh, okay. as you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's disguised as a big budget anime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good anime and it looks cool, but yes. it's like without context, yeah. it's very confusing. Even with context, it's very confusing because there's so much of that stuff doesn't happen in the manga. Does the dream thing happen in the manga? When he's in the hospital? Yeah. No, that doesn't happen. Right, because a lot of people are talking about how like the prevailing theory is none of that really happened. Well, yeah, I would assume so. But without context, there are magical beings to where that could have happened, writer. You saying it's a foregone conclusion doesn't mean that other viewers – anyway. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's some of the problems I have with the the anime. The anime. Exactly. Ryder's really excited about the, the new series that's going to be made. I hope they do the manga. Of Akira? I know they was doing a real-life version of the movie. Well, no, they're not going to do a movie now. The guy that directed Thor Ragnarok has gotten the rights to Akira, and he wants to do a TV series that's true to the manga. As it should have been. Wait, as it sh- as, as, wait, as wait. I believe. When did they announce this? Last time I read it, it was a uh, movie. That was like two days ago. Yeah. yeah. Wow. How did I, heck did I miss this? I just posted it on writer's Facebook wall. Yeah. yeah. My brother was pretending to be excited about it. <laughs> But yeah, no, Leonardo DiCaprio, a lot of people have tried to get that. that they, Warner Brothers has had the movie rights forever, mm-hmm. and they haven't gotten any movement on it. But now, uh, Watiti, am I saying that right? I don't know how to say that guy's name. Yeah, I didn't I'm know trying, how to say it either. Yeah, I don't, I'm not trying to be offensive. I don't know how to say that guy's name. But uh, the director of Thor Ragnarok and Eagle vs. Shark and several other movies, he's okay. going to do Akira, quote-unquote, the right way. Yes. Can I say that? Go- I still love that Ghost in the Shell movie. 
with uh, Scarlett Johansson. That one was really. Oh. I, I think that one was really good. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I'm like, this is shot well. The colors are beautiful. Like it. Um. Yeah. Looking at it as an art piece, it is phenomenal. Like right now, it's like my 2017 movie of the year. Oh wow. See, and that's the thing. I thought looking at the trailers and stuff, I was like, well, if you just take this as a piece of art and not think about it as like, yeah, she's white and blah, blah, blah. Right. But if you just look at it as like, this is a really well-directed movie. Yes. Then it's awesome. It's like the uh, the Death Note movie. Right. Like as its own thing, it's cool, especially if you're like a fan of Final Destination or something. It's it's really cool on its own. But looking at through the lens of like this is a Japanese movie. Right. Or a Japanese yeah. piece of work. Yeah. No, I agree. I want to see Ghost in the Shell. And that's the other thing, too, is like the original Ghost in the Shell wasn't that deep. It got deep later. Like the original film is a cool action movie. Yeah. It didn't get into like the whole psychological aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, Standalone. But thanks for the recommendation. Yeah. Standalone. uh, Standalone Complex, though. I love that TV series. That one is really good. Uh, Oh, Standalone Complex. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the in, I think it's Innocence. That was like the second one or two G or something like that. It was okay. Of the Ghost in the Shell movie. Uh, I don't think I saw this. I don't remember. Yeah. I used to get Aeon Flux mixed up with Ghost oh, in the Shell. Oh, yeah. Kind of look similar, sorta. I can't yeah, tell you anything about Aeon Flux. I was just like, um, is this a wasn't it a four part series or something? I, yeah. I, I cannot Something. tell you from beginning to end what happened in that movie. All I know is a fly, <laughs> a fly landed on her lash. She blinked, and then it says Eon Flux. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's really well animated. Yeah, uh, it's M- a cool little series. MTV Liquid. Ah. The Max. Did you ever watch the Max Rider? It's no. not an anime. The Max. Yeah. I don't even think I've heard of it. I'm going to send you home with that tonight. Anyway, what we were supposed to be wrapping up. What was the what was the last question? <laughs> well, uh, the last part of it, uh, uh, what can Sony do to make them stand out? Uh, if we're looking forward to PlayStation 5, um, what can they do for that system to make it feel very innovative? You know, for for us as gamers to be shocked that okay, this is something Microsoft couldn't do. This is something Nintendo didn't even think of. Like, what do they have to do with the PlayStation Five to make them feel innovative? I think that they won't. But if they were going to, I think that they would find a way to combine to combine the VR angle mm-hmm. and mix that in the home console in a way that I can't even imagine in a way that the switch makes a handheld and a console kind of combine. I think Sony should go the opposite way and try to find a way to make AR and VR and mixed reality or whatever buzzword and mix that in with the home console experience. I think if they could find a way to do that and make it palpable and make it uh, cheap and consumer friendly, I think that would be the thing that they could do that they could nail um, because Microsoft's behind in the game 
the fact that they're even working on virtual reality right now is kind of a slap in the face to every Xbox owner, in my opinion, because it's like you don't have games for the system you already put out and you're working on virtual reality stuff. Right. But that, that's um, what I thought um, Hollowness was. I thought that was VR. Isn't that, that AR? That's AR. Yeah. See, I, yeah, but no, this is see, something I, different now. Yeah, you're right. It's very confusing. But that they have removed HoloLens from Xbox, and now they're working on their own virtual reality. Thing. It's just weird because they killed the Connect, and they killed the Connect, yeah. which is I think why they moved. Because it's uh, we had this conversation at work weeks ago, but HoloLens doesn't work as a vi- a video game thing. Yeah, because you can't. There's no agency in HoloLens. It's good for like presentations and stuff. Mm-hmm. You're not going to play Halo in a HoloLens. No, yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? But like, see, it's not possible. See, I, and, and that's why I got confused on when people just like, well, HoloLens is AR. I'm like, when they started out, they was making HoloLens as VR because they even had, like, hardware. So that's what yeah, I... Yeah, they that's did. What, yeah, that's what I got confused about. I'm like, I thought this was VR. Yeah, and they're pretty tight-lipped about all that. It's It's... Very, fr- I mean, I don't. They shouldn't. They should just let it go. I, leave that to Microsoft and leave it separate from Xbox, in my opinion. But they, I don't care. Whatever. What right. do I know? But I, I honestly don't think. I think Sony's going to stay the course. I think it's going to be PS Five. It's going to be DualShock Five. It's going to be here's a better version of the existing hardware you have. It's going to be a weak, weak launch lineup with some ports, and then a couple years after that, they're going to kill it with exclusives. It's going to be the same thing you know from Sony. Let's stream to your smartphone. Can't. It could stream to your smartphone, to your Sony smartphone. I don't know. Just give me a little app. Whoops. I can play at work. No. Yeah. Yep. No. That would be a thing. I'm really kind of concerned about John Kadera. The more I read about him. I know. (laughs) The more I read about that John Kadera guy, I'm like, ah. What happened? What you do? No, just... The way he talks about microtransactions and the way he talks about streaming and the way he just – I feel like he doesn't get it. Who was the guy before uh, Phil Spencer at Xbox? Was it Major – no, not Major Nelson. Uh, it was Peter Moore, another guy that was terrible, and then Phil Spencer. See, I thought Peter Moore was it. it did, no. Oh, goodness. No. And somebody else came in. I think. Right? You don't know. You don't, don't know who know. Peter Moore is. No. Peter Moore worked for Sega. He's an OG in the industry. You should I know who Peter Moore no is the shit. He's the one that lifted his arm up when Grand Theft Auto 4 came was announced with that fake tattoo. Stupid mess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he told He's the dude that told the head of Sega to fuck off. Weird. And then they fired him the next day. They, he, he he was head of Sega of America and he went to Japan and he was like, yeah, people don't think Sega is cool and we need to turn the ship around. They're like, we think you're making these numbers up. And he's like – he looked to the translator and he's like, tell him, fuck you. And the guy's like, there is no expression for that. And he's like, I've been in the gaming industry for 10 years. There's an expression for fuck you. You tell him that right now. And the guy just kind of humbly was like – said something in Japanese and then they told him to leave. And then eventually he was the head of Xbox. Weird. And he did really good things for Xbox 360. And then he left to go manage a soccer soccer club. And then he returned to EA, a company that a lot of people almost... <laughs> okay, <laughs> before we go, because we got to talk about this do, EA thing. Good shit at EA. Mirror's Edge 2, like, I didn't like that game, but 
Peter Moore tried his best with EA, and they are they were way better with him than without him. How many studios have they closed since Peter Moore left? Peter Moore like, didn't leave EA, did he? Yeah, he's gone. He he's, was, he's doing soccer stuff. He well, he was there last E3. Last E3? Yeah. Remember Peter Moore was doing it in um the uh E3 conference in like Europe when he was doing moving it back from America to Europe? I have this all wrong then maybe. Let me look this up. Okay. So, he was at Sega Um, and 2003 went to Microsoft. July 2007, he went to Electronic Arts. On December 10th, 2015, uh, he was named CCO of the Competitive Games Division and then left this year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, so he left this year. Yeah, he left this year. I oh. thought it was way before that. Right, because it was just like he was just at E3 talking about because he brought that guy out when they was talking about FIFA, and it was all groans or all that soccer mess, and we were just like, we don't care about any of this. <laughs> no, you're right. Okay, well, never mind. Peter Moore doesn't know what he's doing then. Don Matrick, that was the dude. Yes. Don Matrick, he was not my favorite person. He was a mess. <laughs> Just a guess. He was the dude that said uh, when the Xbox 360 was failing miserably, he was like, it'll be fine. <laughs> it wasn't right? fine. Right? Isn't that him? Yeah. It wasn't fine. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't fine at all. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But, Ryder, what do you think? The, uh, what do you think the PlayStation 5 would be? And what would it take for Sony to innovate for it? Or if we can do oh. I don't even know. Like, that's the thing about innovation. Like, it's so hard to think of something that doesn't already exist. Right. Like, it really takes a special kind of mind to think of something like that. But do you think they're capable of it? Even if you can't imagine it, do you think No, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they got someone in there that'll... Mark Cerny. It'll just be Knack. Just, you can buy your own Knack. Mark Cerny designed the PS Vita, and he designed the PlayStation 4. And he, and he needs to be that. punching his mouth for designing the PlayStation 4 because it looks an ugly, hot mess. And the Pro look like three Kit Kat <laughs> bars put together. I'm still going to keep saying it. PlayStation 4 looks... Just... Yeah. Thank... Do you like Th- the Pro? No. <laughs> the, like I said, the Pro look like three Kit Kats stick to, stacked together. The Slim look like, yeah. like you could throw some meat on it and like turn... A, Cut it on and cook it. Uh, I mean, the PlayStation, the regular PlayStation 4, I don't know what the heck the design was. Like, the Xbox One, the original version looks sexy to me. Xbox Slim looks way sexier. Not really worried about uh, OX, um, but like... The, yeah, the One the, X is a brick. Well, yeah. Looks like a... But you're right. Next, The other two look pretty good. I'll agree with that. The Vita's sexy. The Vita's a sexy. It is. Hard it fits mm-hmm. nice in your pocket. It does. That I give it's it. Yeah. Real hand. It's pretty. Yeah. Um, the PlayStation 3 Slim, the first version of it, um, looks looks yeah. better. It does. The PS3 was not, yeah, better. They were all pretty terrible. Yeah. PS2 was good. PS1 was classic. That's an iconic. The P2 
PS1. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. That PS2's. perfect square. Yeah. Two little circles. That you can never yeah. see because you have to turn your system upside down to play your games after playing your PlayStation 1 for two weeks. Yeah. I never had that problem. I did. But I got a PS1 I late. Did. I got a PS1 late. Okay. Did you get the, okay. the turn? Did you get the... It was messed up. Oh. It would weigh down, then it wouldn't spin, so you have to flip it upside down. Right oh, I never heard of that. Yeah. yeah. The Dreamcast had yeah. an even worse problem than the 360, where if you turn a Dreamcast on its side while yeah. it's running, it would catch up on fire. It's crazy. Yeah. PlayStation 1 is yeah. the only system that, if you did the little trick for, for the loading screen, that's the only way that you could play import games, Japanese games. Because Sega Saturn had... Oh, yeah. Open. Yep. Yeah, Sega Saturn... The same way you play... Go ahead, Ryder. I mean, go ahead, JR. Sorry. Oh, I was saying it's the same way you play CDs. You would leave the – you turn it on and then you would have the disc thing open and then you have to switch discs out. Yeah. Go ahead, Ed. What were we uh, saying about Saturn? Um, Sega Saturn had the uh, the action replay memory card like in the back, the R4DD, oh, the one yeah. in the back. Like if you switch it, you can play uh, Japanese games. So everybody who was importing fighting games, the Japanese version was playing it on the Saturn because that was the only way that you the could best, Yeah, the best version of Castlevania Symphony of the Night is the Sega Saturn version because you can play as the, the woman. Oh. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that, but a lot of people imported it. But it had like this brick thing in the back. You yeah. can actually play Sega Saturn online. Same with the Dreamcast. There was the Sega channel. Sega was so innovative. Yeah. Yeah. And they just crashed and burned. Yeah. It did start making money. Sega come- uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Then they started making money once uh, Sonic got on GameCube and that was it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Yeah. You think they'll come back? They got Atlas now. Persona's doing well. Sonic's doing okay. I mean, you uh, think Sega can mount a comeback? Yeah. I think Sega. I think Sega is thriving because they're still got a good arcade business in Japan. Um, they yeah. have a great relationship with Nintendo. Um, yep. Sonic Mania really, like Sonic Mania made them some money. Uh, Atlas, you know, they're gonna make money off of Atlas because all the Shimagami Tensei games and all the 3DS games, like the niche ones, they make that. They make money off of that. Like people, yeah, you know. So, um, I I think what's going to happen is is that they cannot put a big game on PlayStation and Microsoft anymore. Like Bayonetta kind of had to stick to Nintendo. Vanquish, if they ever decided, has to stay on Nintendo. Like or come to Nintendo, they can. Those games cannot come to Microsoft or Sony because nobody's going to buy them. What about Shenmue? Shenmue's PS4 exclusive. Coming out next year, maybe. Probably Shimu, not. Shimu, I think it's going to be a disappointment. I think you're right. I think you're right. Because even if people be like, oh, yeah, Shimu 3 is finally coming or whatever, I'm like, they're not giving you guys anything to be excited for. There's no gameplay. You guys complain about that last trailer that came out with the with the models and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Shimu 3 Sh- is probably yeah. going to be like a 7. And I think people are going to buy it out of nostalgia, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested what Sega's doing with, like, the reissues and stuff like that. Like, if you look at even the Atlas stuff, they reissued Odin Sphere. They're reissuing Dragon's Crown. Like, I'm really interested in that aspect of it, if they can kind of, like, 
remaster P or Persona Three, maybe. Maybe they could remake the best Persona game. That would be good. But then they're coming out with all these spin-offs for Persona. Like they're making good use of their catalog in a way that they have in a long time. Maybe they'll make another Virtua Fight. That used to be a big franchise for them. Um, I'm kind of disappointed they have a Sonic Racing game. If they if they do Virtua Fighter, that has to be like announced at Evo in Japan. Like Evo Japan right. next year, that has to be a big announcement. And the thing about it is, is that people won't have to return back to 3D Fighters because Dead or Alive is not cutting it anymore. Tekken had a good showing this year, though. I mean, yeah. Tekken's doing well. Yeah. But that's it. There's no caliber anymore or anything like that. I hope they... I don't know. We'll see. I got hopes. I'm a Sega kid writer. Are you? I am. Wonder Boy's coming back. They make new Wonder Boy games now. <sighs> you don't even know what that is? No. Nope. Nope. Bring I'm, me some Alex Kid. That's like, the one that's coming back is Alex the Kid. Because Wonder Boy Monsterland uh, is the one that already came back. Um I hate the original Wonder Boy in Monster Land, the one that came on Sega Master System. Hate that oh, yes. game. <laughs> yeah. Did you have the one that was installed on the heart, the firmware? Yes. Like, when you booted it up. You go, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why would you? You want to talk about innovation? That blew people's minds when that came out. Like, you turned on the console. There's no game in it. They had floppy disks, writer. They had floppy disks. For games, what well, they had, yeah. the, they had cards for the Sega Master System. Oh yeah, because well, yeah. Turbo Graphics had the Hue card, which kind of was the same thing. Because uh, I, I was thinking about Ghost House uh, for Sega Master System. Oh, classic, classic. That in my hero <laughs> had like a Nintendo style controller. It was a square. Yeah, so I know. Yeah. Oh, just fucking excuse me, Mister. Sega video I'm, game historian. And, I'm just, I'm just and don't I know. forget, Sega. Sega did 3D when they like because they had Zaxxon 3D um, for the Sega Master System with the glasses. And then Nintendo did 3D with Rad Race. Uh, not Rad. Was it Rad Racer? I think so. It was one of them. They yeah, also yeah, did 3D. There was a, pla- a, a pla- not a platformer, but it was like a like a shooter. Oh man, what game is that? Yes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's like an adventure game, but you have like 3D glasses. For what? For the NES. For the NES, because Sega had it, it played. It, it almost played like space, um, space harrier, but it was a space harrier. It was something else. Yep. I knew that they had uh, like a headset for like Top Gun, and you would say fire, and it would shoot. No. Uh, there was the power glove. Was, power glove didn't work. The power I, glove was I know. a lie. There was Rob the Robot. Yep. Because I, Nintendo was a shit video games. Um, the power glove was made by NASA, actually. Technology from NASA. Oh really? Whoa. Yes. There's an ad that uh that talks about the power glove. It was just like originally uh, designed by NASA. Uh it was supposed to be used for NASA technology. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? It was uh, Rad Racer and World Runner is the game I'm thinking of. Yes. And Orb, th- Orb 3D was the other one. There's three games for NES that had glasses. But yeah, World Runner. That's actually a good game. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a good game. 
And I didn't like the NES that much. Personally. Oh, no. I kind of feel it's... SNES is great. NES is a little overrated. Sorry. <gasps> it's has... really good. It has amazing games. It has classic games on it. I feel like as a console, people let their nostalgia kind of overtake them. There's a lot of not great games on the NES. Right. Yeah. I think the N64 is overrated. The N64 is garbage in my opinion. I wouldn't it say it's It has awesome garbage. games, it, but it also has Earthworm Jim 3D, my dude. Right. The Castlevania 3D. Hey, PlayStation have Bubsy. Come on now. We might have look, <laughs> we might have we, we might have Quest 64 in Earthworm Jim 3D, but nothing can be no, no, that terrible than Bubsy 3D on PlayStation 1. That was just unplayable. Bubsy was acceptable because the PlayStation had like a thousand games for it. The N64 had like 50 games for it. And one of those games was Superman 64. So I got a question. Yo, what's with Nintendo coming out with like a different controller every year? The controller uh, that's like a- uh, the system. So um, what they, they like to change their whole thing up. So they, that's why um, anything that you play on it, they, their, their controller, they want to fit for the game that they're making. And sometimes their older, their older controllers won't won't feel comfortable when they're playing that like new game. So they always change up the controllers. They always try to do something so, new. Yeah. So they'll build like a new Mario game, right? For hardware that's not developed yet, and then after they make the game, they will make a controller that suits the kinds of oh, games they're trying to okay. make. So is Instead that of why, the other way around. Is that why uh, the GameCube controller works so well with uh, Smash Brothers? Yes. Yeah. And okay. that's why the Mario 64 works so well with the weird thing, but not so well with anything else. Yeah. Because they're concerned about first-party hardware okay. or software. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. They have a very weird design philosophy. They'll make something, and then they'll be like, okay, now what would be the best way to play this? Right. And then they assume that... Um, other games as well. One of the interesting things about GameCube controllers that not a lot of people know is the the buttons are pressure sensitive. Yeah. Which is why you can't port Mario Sunshine to any other game. Not yeah. that you would want to because it's a piece of crap. But uh, <gasps> You take that back, young man. <laughs> no, no, man. Young no. man. He's pointing. No. But JR is younger Sonic than me. Sonic 06 is a better game than Super Mario Sunshine. Are you out of your mind? I will find your address and I will drive to Iowa. We'll go get some chicken wings somewhere and then we'll fight. Uh, are you out of your mind? No. I don't really mean that. Uh, Super Mario Sunshine's not great. What are you looking at? What is this? I'm hiding because you guys are fighting. <laughs> Nobody can see that. Are you putting a video up? No. Uh, it's all audio. He's got. Yeah. All right. You know, look, me and JR could argue, and the next thing you know, I'd be like, I love you so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do that with a whole bunch of people. Like, we could argue, and it's like, you know what? I just love you so much. Let's go get some pancakes or something. Oh, I wanted to say, appreciate your listeners, because we're our our listens have gone up quite a bit yeah, since, went up a little bit. since you've been on our podcast. And I appreciate oh. that very much, Ed. You're a good person, and you do good work, man. You're welcome. I appreciate You're welcome. You. Thank you guys actually for coming on the show. Um, actually, that's going to be the show, guys. <laughs> but that's optional opinion. We always get off a topic. We can always talk about anything that you want. Like I said, this this was an open discussion. So I, once again, I thank you guys. Uh, go ahead and plug uh about X to X to Jump podcast. Uh, so you can follow our podcast at X to Jump One, and that's at Twitter. 
Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, uh, Exajump Podcast. Uh, we're on all uh, podcast streaming services. We're everywhere. Everywhere. Can, everywhere. Find us. At J-A-Y-A-R-E-O-L-I-V-E-R. But most of my game stuff is at Jump one on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me uh, at Twitter at my cat named Sam. That's my cat named Sam. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at that Bridger code. You guys can email uh, optional opinion at my op two comment M Y O P the number two C O M M E N T at yahoo.com. I want to hear what you guys think of why Sony can't innovate or actually like, tell me what you guys think of Sony now or from the past. I, I kind of want to hear what you guys think and also talk about anime and food and stuff like that. <laughs> what we had to, had to discuss. <laughs> um, but that is the show. Um, uh, once again, thank you, JR. Thank you, writer. Um, guys, do check out Extra Jump Podcast. Phenomenal podcast, you guys. It's it's worth the listen. Um, and with that, we are out. Bye. Thank you. Bye.